Hi there, this is Brett Hammond. Thank you so much for listening to my sermon podcast. And as we continue in November, happy Thanksgiving. We're revisiting some of my Thanksgiving sermons, maybe as an inspiration for a few preachers who are still working on their Thanksgiving messages, but mostly for all of us to saturate ourselves in Thanksgiving. As I said in the previous message, to keep our thankful tank full. Now, this one's a little different. Rather than going to one of those places where Paul calls his readers to be thankful in all circumstances, or go to one of the Psalms where we're reminded of all the reasons we have to be thankful, I took us to the story of Jonah to find Thanksgiving in the belly of a fish. Thanksgiving from the pit, as I titled it. So meet me in Jonah chapter 2 as we begin this message. And as always, follow the link in the notes for this podcast for more information on this message. Okay, let's get into it. Here it is, Thanksgiving from the pit. I remember one day many years ago, I was home from college, which meant sleeping in as late as I possibly could. Uh, But that morning, Mom came in and woke me up early, far earlier than I wanted to wake up. But she came and woke me up that morning to tell me that our neighbor had passed away in the night after a a very long battle with cancer. And so that morning I got up, and I got dressed. I I bundled up, and I headed out in the cold. It was cold that morning, I remember. I headed out in the cold, and I trudged over to their house, and I I found the family around the kitchen table, just the same place we had been so many times, sharing so much fun and sharing so much laughter. But there they were, just huddled together that day, arms around each other, heaving and and sobbing and crying. And and I did my best to say all those things we're taught to say. I did my best to say, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. I I expressed my sympathy the same way I'd heard other people express their sympathy. I said, if there's anything I can do, uh, please let me know. And then I headed back home. And it was Thanksgiving morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. Verse 18, excuse me, says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In all circumstances. And we have to admit, if we're really honest, there are times when that sounds kind of like a sick joke. In all circumstances, how do you do that? From that pit of loss and, and despair, from that pain and that loneliness and that darkness, how do you do that? Now, now I'm always quick to point out, that the text says in all circumstances. It doesn't say for all circumstances. And I try to make that distinction. It's not about being thankful for all things. It's about being thankful in all things. But I think there has to be something bigger in this command. There has to be something holy in it because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now the Bible is filled with with commands to give thanks. And the Bible is filled with, with songs of thankfulness, psalms of, of thankfulness, psalms of thanksgiving, and all kinds of, example of examples of God's people giving thanks in, in all kinds of circumstances. But out of all of them, there is probably not one that is more strange or seems more out of place than the song of thanksgiving that we find in the second chapter of the book of Jonah. It's a song of thanksgiving sung in a place of darkness, a place of dampness, a place of digestion. It's sung from the belly of a fish. Some scholars wonder why it's here. Does it even belong here? 
they ask it? It doesn't seem to fit. It's a song of thanksgiving. But this is exactly where thanksgiving belongs, in a place where it can germinate, in a place where it can grow, and in a place where it can change us. So we're going to look at Jonah chapter 2 today, all ten verses of Jonah chapter 2. It's on page 774 in those blue Bibles in front of you. If you've got your version app, uh, all of my notes are there. All of our texts are there in the version app. Now, if I say the name Jonah, if I say Jonah, you Im- immediately think of the whale. Right, everybody says whale. The, the text actually says fish. It says a big fish. It doesn't specifically say whale, but we think about the big fish. But, but you know, if you read the book of Jonah, all four chapters, a little tiny little book, if you read the book of Jonah, the fish is only mentioned in three verses. Just three verses. Jonah is less about a big fish than Thanksgiving is about a big bird. Okay? Uh, Thanksgiving has more in common with a turkey than the book of Jonah has in common with a big fish. And instead, Jonah is this guy that we meet and he's got the wrong attitude. He's got the wrong focus and he's going the wrong way. God has told him, go and preach in Nineveh. Preach to the people of Nineveh and tell them to repent. Jonah goes completely in the wrong direction and God has to stop him. And if we really read Jonah carefully, if we look closely, we're probably going to see that this book is really about us. That we've got an awful lot in common with Jonah. And if Jonah can give thanks from the belly of a fish, then we can give thanks in all circumstances, no matter what darkness we might find ourselves in. But what we'll have to see, just like Jonah, is that thanksgiving doesn't happen when our focus is on ourselves. Now, if we're real honest, we would have to admit that most of us probably haven't read the book of Jonah uh, since... We were so young that someone had to read it to us. We probably really haven't looked at Jonas and somebody read it to us. Maybe in a Sunday school class, maybe in VBS, and we sat there and, and we colored pictures of a man inside of a whale and we learned that you don't run from God. You don't turn your back on God and go the wrong direction. You be obedient or you're going to get swallowed by a big fish. And then we grew up. And at some point as we grew up, we took our coloring pictures off of the refrigerator, right? We put those away and we put the book of Jonah away. This is not a children's story. This this is not a children's story. This is a story for you and me. It's a story for anyone who has been in that dark, desperate place and wondered, where is God? What do you mean, give thanks in all circumstances? Listen as Jonah's song begins. I want you to hear, as we look at these first six verses, listen to Jonah's song. Listen to the direction that Jonah is going. It begins in verse 1, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and He answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and You heard my voice, for You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. I shall look again, yet yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. 
Did you hear that? Jonah goes down. He goes down. He goes down. Down. He starts off with the waves are around him and then the waves are over him. He keeps going down and down. The waters are closing in. The deep surrounds him. He goes down and down to the roots of the mountains and the weeds wrap around his head. Now God had ordered Jonah to go. Go to Nineveh. Go preach to the people of Nineveh. Go tell them that they need to repent. And Jonah refused. And here in this song, he is consumed. He's consumed by his disobedience. He's, he's dis- consumed by his hatred of the people of Nineveh. He's consumed by the troubles that he's caused himself. And he's consumed by a fish. <laughs> but there's something else here. And you hear it in Jonah's focus. You read those ten verses and over and over again you hear, I called out, I cried, I said. Jonah's not just consumed by a fish. Jonah's consumed with himself. Ten short verses and the pronoun I occurs ten times. The word my occurs seven times. But you notice in all of this talk about himself, in all this talk about himself, what does Jonah not say? He doesn't say, this was my fault. He doesn't say, I should have listened to God. He doesn't say, I should have obeyed. I should have done what God wanted. I should have gone to Nineveh. Jonah takes no responsibility for where he is. His focus is completely on himself, his own misery. There is no room in Jonah for thankfulness. Now we can get to that place pretty quick ourselves. We forget about the fish. We're so often, we are just consumed by ourselves. Last week I mentioned that I love, I love in November that people do the thankfulness challenge every now and then. You'll see this on Facebook. You'll see people do the thankfulness challenge where every day they come up with something that they're thankful for. And every day they share something that they are thankful for. I, I love that. And so many people do that this time of year. But, but every now and then I, I hear someone complain about how hard it is. I just couldn't think of anything today. Couldn't think of anything to be thankful for today. And I wonder if some days we need to be thankful for what's happening in someone else's life. Some days we need to be thankful for what's happening in someone else's life. We need to be thankful for their circumstance. We need to find something in the life of a friend and get the focus off of ourselves and say, I am so thankful for where their family is right now. I'm so thankful for what they've been able to do. Maybe I'm so thankful for that diagnosis that they got this last week. That, that, that was wonderful that, that everything looks good. I'm thankful for their new job. I'm thankful for their new raise. Can we get our focus off of ourselves and see what God is doing in their life? Whatever it takes to get us to that place of thankfulness, it cannot begin with ourselves. And instead, what Jonah shows us, and what we really already know, is that thanksgiving happens when we put the focus on God. I think think there's hope for Jonah here, even as he's self-centered. Did you notice what he wrote in what he prays in verse 3? He says, he says to God in verse 3, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. Is that true? Did God cast him into the sea? Well, no. If you go back and you read chapter 1, verse 15, it says of the other sailors in the boat with Jonah, it says of those sailors in verse 15, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Did you, did you hear that? 
But Jonah's slowly coming to the realization that it's God that has been directing him his whole life. That he's been running from God, but God has not abandoned him. Even when he was disobedient, God has been directing him. God has been working His purpose in him. That's the same realization that David came to in that psalm that we read together earlier today. Psalm 139, in verses 7-12, through where David sings, Where shall I go from your Spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light be uh, about me, uh, light about me be night. Listen to verse 12. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. For darkness is as light to you. For darkness is as light to you. That sounds an awful lot like verses 5 and 6 here in Jonah chapter 2, where Jonah sings, The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars are closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Now did you hear it there? Remember those first five verses, the direction that Jonah's been going. It's been down, down, down. Down below the waves, down into the deep, down to the roots of the mountain. And then you read in verse 6, yet you brought up my life from the pit. Once Jonah takes the focus off himself, he can see that God has never abandoned him, that God is still directing him, God is still working his, his purpose and his plan, and ultimately, ultimately, God is working his peace for Jonah. You know, I love our, I love our prayer times on Sunday morning. I love that we share our prayer requests with each other. You know, there's a lot of churches that don't do that anymore. There's a lot of churches that don't have a time of pastoral prayer on Sunday morning, and I really think you need it. I think we need that. I think you need to know what's going on in the lives of your, of your neighbors, your friends. I think we need to share our needs in our hearts with our church, with our, with our family, with our friends. But we would have to admit that a lot of our prayers that we share on Sunday morning, a lot of them are very temporary prayers. A lot of them are prayers for physical healing. A lot of them are prayers to get over this current hurt and this current pain, and, and we realize after a while you get over that hurt or pain, and then, well, there's going to be another one just down the road a little bit later. We'll, we'll pray about that one also. Now, don't get me wrong, we need those prayers. We need to be praying those prayers, but there's other prayers that we need also. There, there are prayers that have eternal consequence, uh, prayers that will last much longer, prayers for endurance in the face of trials, prayers for greater faith, prayers for greater hope. We need prayers that take our focus off of the pain here and now and put the focus on God and His eternal plan and that plan that He may be working even through a circumstance that we don't want to go through. It's what I love, and I've said this over and over again, it's what I love about the prayers that Paul and Joy have been sharing with us. And the prayer that they shared a couple weeks ago and, and the prayer that Joy shared again this morning. You listen to the commitment in Paul enjoys prayer life and, and what they're looking for. Their prayer, their, their prayer is that they keep growing, uh, the, the, keeping and growing our faith is first in our lives. 
keeping and growing our faith is first. Pray for our faith to remain. When Paul and I have communicated and Joy and I have communicated, it's, it, it's the prayer, pray that we're prepared. Pray that we won't be anxious. Pray that Paul won't be anxious. Pray that Joy won't be anxious. And you know what I love about those prayers? Those are the kind of prayers that are going to continue. Those are the kind of prayers that are going to continue to produce fruit in this community, in this church, whether Paul is healed or not. Those prayers will continue to produce fruit for generations in this church. That's the kind of prayer we need. A prayer that takes the focus off of ourselves and off of our circumstances and, and puts the focus on God. And that's how we're able to give thanks in all circumstances. It's when we realize that thanksgiving happens in the darkest places when we realize God is there with us. And you hear that realization in the last three verses as Jonah's focus turns from himself to his God. And you look at those, you look at verses nine, uh, seven through nine. Jonah prays, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Let me just stop and say this real quick. My prayer came to you in your holy temple. Jonah's in a fish, right? He can't go to the holy temple. He's in a very, very dark place. And yet, that is not hindering the power or the direction of his prayers. His prayers, even from that very dark place, are still going to make it all the way to God. They're going to make it all the way to His temple. Don't ever forget that. In the middle of that really dark, awful place that you find yourself in, God still hears you. He still is available. Those prayers still make it all the way to heaven. It says, my life was fainting away. I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Those who pay regard, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed to pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And then, and then we have the last verse. We have verse 10, which is very unceremonious. Verse 10 is, is Jonah's very unceremonious deliverance from the fish. I love verse 10. Verse 10 says, and then the Lord spoke to the fish. I love that. I love that there is a verse in our Bible that says God talks to fish because it makes me feel better about when I talk to my cat. Okay? If God can talk to fish, I get to talk to my cat every now and then. And then the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. I shared that with the kids Wednesday at the youth lunch. I shared with them the Hebrew word for vomit. And this is a word that everybody needs to know. The Hebrew word for vomit is ka. That's it. Ka. And you kind of got to say it like that. You got to force it out there. It, it sounds like what it is. Ka. But you think about it. Jonah doesn't get a red carpet, okay? He doesn't get a red carpet treatment when, when he finally turns around and follows God. There's no trumpets. There's no fanfare. There is no one standing there. Hear ye, hear ye, the word of the Lord through his prophet Jonah. <laughs> There's just, ka, <laughs> fish puke. And there he is. And it's more, far more than he deserved. But you know, prior to verse 10, you read verses 7 through 9 where Jonah makes that turn and suddenly we're going up. But what's really changed? 
Look at them carefully. What's really changed? Jonah is still in the belly of a fish. He's still in the deep. He has no idea that this fish is going to caw him out by the end of this chapter. His circumstances are still dire. He's still in a dark, terrible place. And if he stays in that place, he will die. But what's changed is Jonah. What's changed is his focus. What's changed is his perspective. You heard it in those words in verse 7 where Jonah said, I remembered the Lord. You read through the Old Testament, the first and greatest duty of the people of Israel, the first and greatest duty of God's people was to remember the Lord. When you go into the land that I promised you, you remember what I took you through. You remember when I led you up out of Egypt. You remember when I led you out of slavery. You remember when I led you through the waters. You remember when I led you into the promised land. You remember that I made a covenant with you and with your children and with your children's children. You remember the Lord. That's their first greatest duty. And in those moments when we are so focused on ourselves that we can't see beyond our own pits, you remember your God. You remember His promises. You remember His purposes for you regardless of your circumstance. Last week I shared a quote with you from a, an article published by Harvard Health. And the title of the article again is, Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier. And my response is, duh. Okay? Giving thanks can make you happier. Here's another quote from that article. Gratitude. Gratitude is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether it's tangible or intangible. With gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. In the process, people usually recognize that the source of that goodness lies at least partially outside of themselves. And as a result, gratitude also helps people connect to something larger than themselves as individuals, whether to other people, or to nature, or to a higher power. Thanksgiving, gratitude can happen in the dark when we look outside of ourselves, when we look for something or someone greater. And when we realize that God's greatest priority, folks, God's greatest priority is not to keep us comfortable. God's greatest priority is not to keep us happy. God's greatest priority is to call us to Himself, to call us His people, and to shape us into the image of His Son. And you know, it was Jesus, it was Jesus who took the story of Jonah and applied it to Himself in a way that no one else ever had. In Matthew chapter 12, the people around Jesus, the people are asking Him for a sign. Show us a sign! Do it! Do Trick for us, Jesus. Show us a sign. Prove to us that you're who you say you are. The people around Jesus were a lot like Jonah. It was all about me, 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 me. Show me. Do this for me. Take care of me. Me first. Show, show me the sign. And so Jesus responds in Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 and 40. He says, An evil, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. It's Jesus' way of saying to, his, to the people around Him, you don't understand. You still haven't gotten this. 
You've heard the story of Jonah for generations. You still haven't understood, so I'm going to get it for you. He says to them, you are a wicked, you are an evil, you are an adulterous generation. You are a wicked, evil, adulterous generation. You have gone down, 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 and yet you still haven't figured out who God is or what He promises you. And so since you have gone down, 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 and still haven't gotten it, Jesus says, I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to go even lower for you. And I will show you that God is at work even in the darkest places so that you can give thanks to Him in all circumstances. Jesus continues to do that today for us. You think about the darkest place you've ever been. You think about the darkest place you've ever been. Jesus was there. He was there with you. You think about that time when you felt that God was gone. That time when you felt that there was no way out. Jesus was there too. And the good news, the good news isn't just given to you from the belly of a fish. The good news is given to you from the heart of the earth, from from an empty tomb. You were never alone in the darkness. So give thanks, even from the pit. You stand with me as we pray. Father, so many of us can say that we have been, we have been down, down, down into the pit. We have been pits of depression and grief. We have been in pits of pain and panic. And we have felt the waves overwhelm us and found ourselves feeling very suffocated and alone in the dark. But whether we realize it at the time or not, Jesus was already there. He went there for us. For His sacrifice, for His compassion, and His promise to never leave us, we give thanks. And in those moments when we're tempted to put our focus on ourselves, help us to hold our attention to Him. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And go in peace. There you have it, Thanksgiving from the pit. You know, as I record this in November, it is dark and it's cold, but it's not slimy and it doesn't smell like the inside of a fish here. So I'm thankful for that. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have a moment, please leave a review on this podcast platform. I would appreciate it so much. Next week, we jump ahead to the words of Jesus and that story about a thankful ex-leper. You know the one, right? (laughs) So be kind to one another. God bless and have a great week.